0: Well, good morning, lovely, lovely people. It's wonderful to be back in the pulpit. I've had uh, a very good break. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been a good time just to, my voice doesn't sound like it has rested, but we had a great, great rest. I had a good time just um, having a little break from the pulpit and just uh, trusting the Lord to, to direct and just lead a little bit. And I'm very excited for uh, 24-7 Church and for this year. Um, I think there's so much going on in the heavenly realm that we are not aware of, um, that only as spiritual people um, that are tapping in um, can we really hear it and know what God is saying. Amen. But there's a lot going on around us as well uh, in our region, in our environment, and that's also good to be aware of Of that in the natural. Um, as you're fully aware, just across the road, there's uh, CRC. Um, they have bought that piece of land and busy building that, that building uh, that's... Uh, Christ, I forget it's what it's called now, um, Revival Center. What's it? Christian Revival, Christian Revival whatever. Um, that's Adpossal from Blumfontein from, um, who has, has got another big church in, in, um, in uh, uh, Pretoria, and now there's one over there. Just um, And then, obviously, God First are going to move down the road now. They're already in, in, um, in Douglasdale, and they're moving down the road. I encourage you with that because we're aware of what's going on around us and we get stirred up in our hearts. Amen. We're not intimidated by other churches. Amen. Otherwise, we have lost the plot. Amen. Um, I would love, my heart always expresses that when you come into a community, you want to be involved in a community that we do have a, a power when we talk and we see how we can affect the community together. So as soon as these guys uh, do get involved, we will connect, I will connect with them. We will connect as a church and see what God's got on their hearts. We're about the community, amen. We're about reaching the community, getting people saved. For me, church, the ideal would be that every single church has exactly the same culture, the same uh, value, same vision, same uh, everything, because we all come from the kingdom, yeah. amen. The reality is that's not so, whatever, and that's why we have different ones. Yeah. But we still serve the same God, and we have the same heart and the same uh, uh, spirit, Holy Spirit within us, and our desire is that we are building a home for the king, and he's coming back. Amen. So we're just joining together and all of that. We're working together. So please uh, um, don't get swayed or, 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 or wobble or whatever. And what's happening here? What's happening there? What's happening here? Amen. God's building something here. And uh, what, we love what He's doing here. And we love what He's doing with us as a community. And there is a purpose and there is a plan. God planted us in this community. And while there's still a purpose and a plan, we continue to, to be effective in this community for His will and his purposes, Amen. So I want to talk a little bit about that. I've really been stirred. I've had a, uh, 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 for me, one of the most uh, clear-cut uh, mandates and uh, uh, of what to start the year off in preaching. Um, this literally has gone into a series in a very quick, quick way. Um, I think we'll take the first couple of months just to preach this, and I really wanted to kick into it um, today. But I just feel I need to lay a platform before I move into that. Um, I had the privilege of being blessed to go down to Cape Town and spend some time there and uh, walk up and down those beautiful beaches. And as you're walking up and down those beaches, for me, God is speaking all the time. I don't know why the people that are running up and down the beaches aren't falling over all the time. Just like, whoo, who was that? Because I think God speaks from the sea all the time. I don't know. I think He lives there. No, no. But the reality is, friends, just as he was speaking, there's just there's so much that God is at work and He's doing. And so I want to encourage us, lay a platform this morning, and then I want to encourage you, whatever your mandate was, whatever happened last year, forgetting what lies behind. Stand at the beginning and the threshold of this year and make some very important and very strategic decisions. One of them is that church is a big rock in my life, and I want to attend it as much as possible. Yes, amen. amen. Because you don't really attend church, you are the church. And so we miss you if you're not there. And we want to be part of it because this first little season of what I want to share is probably will change your life. Some of it I've never heard preached in my life. That's just to entice you to come. (laughs) A lot of it you don't hear very often, but I do believe it's a divine appointment by God for a now, word, whatever, and we're going to record it and put it down. And I do believe it's going to become a book. That's our serious aim of what God has deposited. It's a divine appointment in my life and I believe over this church for what He is destined for us to do. And, and so I wanna encourage you that over the next little while. I know a life gets in our way and I know, I know stuff happens, but we've gotta to get to a place. And maybe this morning we'll help you a little bit, get to a place where it's just family is important. Being together is important. Working together, doing stuff together is vital uh, for us to achieve and display what God has for every single one of us, Amen. So that's kind of the broad picture, let me just kick off a little bit and say, um, I always like to, because I like to be accountable, I keep asking the Lord to hold me more and more accountable. Um, there, is, uh, there is far too little accountability in the church today, uh, of men and women who would stand up and declare things, whatever, and then it wouldn't happen, and uh, they just carry on. I think we need to be accountable that as we share things, and as we declare certain things, whatever, we need to come back to them and just make sure, uh, otherwise we need to repent. Amen. Um, So as I do stand before you this morning, um, I want to tell you that 2017, I said two things. 2017, I said, one, the name of Jesus is going to come under attack. Uh, It's always been under attack, but it's going to come under tremendous attack. And number two, so is the Word. I don't know if you remember that. The Beginning of the year, I said this year, I never felt the Lord saying anything that He was going to do something. I just felt that He was sharing those two things, that it was going to be a tremendous attack and a tremendous challenge on the church and on the Word of God Uh, and which is the gospel, which is Christ, and then on His name. And uh, I was just reading an article the other day. was just saying um, how they were doing a quick survey and how little the name of Jesus is actually preached. Isn't that amazing? He's our Savior and our King. You can go around and do a census of all the churches and very little is His name actually declared and spoken about. When He is everything, friends. And He still is everything and He's always going to be everything. And anything that you hear preached from this pulpit will be about Jesus. Amen. So that, we've seen that begin to happen, and uh, we've also seen how there's been such an attack on the Word of God, and how there's been uh, uh, such an attack on truth. I'm not, here, I'm not a politician, I'm not here to, to attack or to defend or to do anything in terms of what's going on in the world, but I want us just to understand as a church, even in a major worldwide event that happened just recently, that's been proclaimed and declared, where A philosophy and understanding comes forth about your truth. Because there's an underlying assumption in all of that. And that it's what you think and what your truth is that actually counts. Not the truth. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. There is only one truth. The rest is opinion. Amen. So what we've got to do is find that truth. Now it is difficult at times, revelation, understanding, we're searching for that truth. But if we stay humble, we stay yielded, that we are looking and we're going after that truth, friends, we can work together. We can operate together. We can, we can build together. But if, my, if I put my flag in the ground, and then there can be challenges. But if it's about your truth, then there's a major problem. Amen. So let me just give you that truth in reality and what's going on in the world today. That truth is that God is a dualistic God, not a monistic, or monism and dualism are completely opposite to one another. Amen. You understand that? Monism is where we believe there's just one. So what you understand is in the world today is that just every single one of us, we're it. Tag, we're it, there's this one life, we live this life, we, we follow that, we do whatever, your truth is, whatever you're feeling on your heart, it's all wonderful, and then it's end the end, amen? Dualistic is simply that there's two. Let me give you an understanding of that. In monism, whatever, there's not really male and female. In dualism, there's male and female. See, God's dualistic. There's male and there's female. There is light and there is darkness. There are angels and there are demons. There is a heaven and there is a hell. See, why am I sharing that with you? Because I want us to understand that we're not like little frogs sitting in a pot that have been cooked slowly. That there is a a pervading philosophy, friends, which everything, you can talk about whatever you want. It comes down to that one prevailing philosophy on the foundation of this whole world. And the bottom line that he wants us to get to is to become monistic or, to be, or have mon, a, a, a mono thinking and understanding because friends, then it's all about us and not about anybody else. And he doesn't want you to think about that there's a heaven and a hell. He doesn't want you to think about that there are angels and demons. He doesn't want you to think about that there's male and female. Let's all just be one. We really are one. We're all the same. Your truth, your feelings, your way, what you want to do, however we can do that. Um, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, there's, we're all kind of, Drifting, it's so you can kind of do whatever you want. No, you can't do what you want. God made you a male and He identified that when you get born. And He made you a female and you identify that when you get born. And there are some challenges and, they, and those are, are, are the exceptions. But the understanding in God, friends, is that there is a purpose and a plan and He is a definitive a uh, God who is very clear on what His plan, His purpose and what He's doing, friends. And that which He begun, He will finish. Amen. And as a church, we have the privilege that God, we didn't love Him, He loved us, and we didn't choose Him, He chose us. And He called us into His family for a definitive p- plan and a purpose, which He is out working, and He has never, ever once been shaken. He's sitting on the throne, very comfortable. Amen. Amen. Listen, these are foundational understandings that we must have living in these days and that we're living in, friends, to understand and know that the philosophies are going on around us and that we as the church, slowly, as we are sitting there day after day, listening to the TV and to things that are being spoken, are being washed over with this garbage. Uh, yet we are so relaxed at attending or coming to church where we're getting washed over with truth. Just sharing things as we start off the year, friends, just for us to get a little bit of understanding of what God's trying to say, what God's trying to do. Uh, and so 2018, 2018, um, I was walking uh, Milneton, on Milton uh, on the beach, walking up, and I was saying, Lord, 2018, 2018, what are you saying about 2018? I felt the Lord say this simply to me, revealing of the unseen. Revealing of the unseen. So said unpack that a little bit more. I feel like the Lord's saying that it's been a journey, friends, and there's been a lot in the scene that's been going on. But in 2018, for those that have stayed faithful and trusted the Lord, there's going to be a revealing of what's been going on in the unseen. See, God's always at work. The reality about God, friends, is it's all about faith. Without faith, you can't please God because you have to believe that He is. He's unseen because He's spirit. But there's going to be a revealing. So I want to encourage you. I want to just encourage you with this word. This is the things that I I really felt the Lord speaking to me and speaking over 24-7. Whatever happened in 2017, whatever the journey is, whatever your challenges were and what have you, we can look at it in two different ways. we look at it in one way that she was, I don't know what happened. I left the door open. Satan got in and he battered me and it's been a tough year and he's robbed me and he's done all these things and let's give him all the glory. And, um, and then wonder if the Lord will somehow get back His strength and be able to cope with 2018, all the onslaught of the enemy, and try and put, His, put, put us all back together again. Or you can look at it that God's got, a, He's a miraculous, marvelous God. He's a beautiful God. He's got a plan He's purpose. He's been working all along. He's been shaping and molding all along because that's what He is. He's a potter, friends. Friends, if this church was 300 strong, I wouldn't have been on Milner, Milneton Beach. I probably would have been sitting, drinking (laughs) and relaxing and saying, oh God, life is good. But the challenge that we went through in 2017 put me on my knees, put me right the place where God wanted me to be. So whatever you've gone through, that's the shaping and the moldings of God, friends, that He's been speaking to you, He's been shaping you because He wants to do things in your life because He is for you and He wants to lead you in triumph. He wants to lead you in victory. God's will for you is always to succeed. So there's been a shaping and a molding and, and There's been a lot going on that's been unseen. And those that have yielded and those that have been faithful, friends, there's those that have pulled out. Just like there were over 500, friends, that should have been in the upper room, there was only 120. There's those that pulled out. But of the 120, they received the miraculous, the most powerful outpouring from heaven ever, ever seen, friends. Talk about some dam breaking. You're talking about heaven was poured out over those people's lives. They changed them forever. I believe, friends, that this year there's going to be a revealing of what God has been doing, uh, and it's going to come into the scene, friends, because we've positioned ourselves for what He wants to pour out. See, God wanted to give a, a little woman a whole bunch of oil, friends, but she hadn't positioned herself for a whole bunch of oil. She was just sitting there with her little oil jar, whatever, and just making her last little cookie and saying, oh, well, you're going to give me some oil. Well, I've got an oil jar. And he went, what do you mean you've got an oil jar? Go around and find as many oil jars as you can. Just go around, get as many, as many oil jars as there are as as what I'll fill. God was right at the brink of trying to get her into the oil business. And she was sitting there eating her last cookie. But if she sat there and analyzed 2017, the devil really had had a full day. But she said, no, I listen to you, Lord, you alone. Let's go get all these things and let's fill them. And God filled it. Friends, you might be sitting right at the brink of entering your divine appointment that God has and the plan that He has for you because you have a purpose and a plan. And when you come to church, friends, we should know our purpose and our plan. And my directive as a part of what God's called us to do is to gather the group, this group of people, whatever, and make sure they fulfill their purpose and their plan. But if you don't know your purpose and your plan, then you're sitting there with one little jar and God wants to pour out oil. When I know my purpose and plan, I'm about to enter into the oil business. I gather as many of them and he pours them all out and I can go sell them. Where I was just making my last little cake. Now I'm in the oil business, providing oil for the whole community. Just because the word of the Lord came, because she was obedient to the word of the Lord and acted on it, friends, as we stand over 2018, friends, that's where my encouragement to you is. What is the word of the Lord to you? What is your plan? What is your purpose? Begin to position yourself, and I'm trusting because I believe that there's not working happening in 2018, that 2017 has been that for you. Even though you looked like you were on your last cookie, even though you looked like you were, you just had a little bit left or whatever, and it just seemed like you were diminishing or this was happening or that was happening, God was working and positioning you. Even if you started the year off with a job, you end off the year without a, without a job, you started off the year with a big business, you end of the year off with a small business, trust me if you look at it through the eyes of God and God positioning you and you stayed faithful, He's going to reveal what He's been shaping and molding and doing. Because He is the potter, we just the clay, friends. It's not about what the clay does, it's what the potter does. But the clay has to yield to the potter, amen? You can jump off if you want. And I know that a jar doesn't look very nice when it's half finished. So that was the first thing the Lord said. And that there's been promises. And God has spoken promises. One encouraged the church that God has spoken promises in 2017 and that in 2018 they will come to pass. And the reason being friends is that you were never able to carry the answer. Because the promises of God can crush you. But as you yield to Him, friends, that's why it says, by faith and patience, you inherit the promises. Because we just want to get the promise and inherit it straight away. But only by His grace and His mercy does He actually yield and help us a little bit because He knows that it's going to take a little bit of faith and it's patience. We we don't have that, so that's why we need God. He's the one who brings patience in our life. Holy Spirit's the fruit of the Spirit. Because... At the end of the day, friends, the promise, if, it's, if we're not ready for it, the promise can crush you. Bible's full of great examples of that. So we've got to yield and wait on Him and let Him, through faith and patience, we walk and journey, and then we inherit. And He knows when it's the right time. Amen. 2018 is the right time. You've got to stay in faith and believe God. Um, and then the second thing, the two things that I felt like the Lord said to me, the second thing was this. And, um, and I want to encourage you with this and then launch off into a 15-minute, hopefully, little preach. And that's simply this, that I want to encourage you. All that I've said, I want to say this. The Lord said to me, there is a more excellent way, son. The second thing in 2018 is a more excellent way. And uh, I, I, something in, in the back of my head was bugging me. That, that's an, I've seen that in the Bible somewhere. Somewhere I've seen that in the Bible. And... Um, and uh, I found it in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is a, sto- is, a, is a chapter about the gifts of God. It's a chapter about the church, it's a chapter about all different members. It's about the hand. Because I'm not the foot, whatever, it can't say that I'm not part of the body. Everyone's part of the body. And, and just because I'm the oh, arm, no less important than the ear or the nose or and all of this. And each part God is honoring and putting together. And so we have all these wonderful gifts. And then it says, so all these gifts operating beautifully in him. And he says, but there's a more excellent way. And that's how 1 Corinthians 13 is in the Bible. Because there's a more excellent way. 1 Corinthians 13 is about love. And I want to encourage us as a church that we can believe God and we can do, uh, uh, trust Him for amazing things and gifts and, and the anointing and power of God to move and flow and all of that, and we want that, and that's beautiful. Um, but I wanna tell you, at the end of the day, that's not our focus because there's a more excellent way, and that is the way of love. So I wanna ask you this simple question as I launch off. This simple question today. All the promises that God you've been believing God for, everything that you have been trusting Him for, whatever you went through, all the difficulties, all the challenges that you went through, in uh, 2017, just for a moment, just for a moment, picture that all those came true in, in all those promises, all the things that you went through, that you were praying, saying, God, for Him to answer you, just for a moment, think you got all your answers, everything that you were going through. So we had a difficult marriage, I was praying for my marriage, fighting, whatever and that, and the, and the answer came, you've now got this glorious marriage. I was believing for my business, my business was going through tough times and what have you, and it was just lots of happening, and now suddenly you've got two contracts that came from um, heaven, let's call it heaven, um, and, um, and you, uh, you're now, you've, it's exploded, your business is doing absolutely great. Um, or you didn't have a job, and now you've got a job, or whatever it is, uh, all those were answered. The question we've simply got to ask ourselves, and now What? What are we going to do with that? Because I think as the children of God, sometimes we get lost in that. Why don't you turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Because I want to encourage us as a church this morning, and I want to say, um, I had a little time out of the pulpit, and had a lot of time to actually listen to a lot of other uh, pastors, uh, uh, hear what's going on in other churches, see what is being said and what's being done, and, and, and um, I'm finding predominantly a lot of what's being preached is uh, what God can do for us. And uh, I'm for that, and I love that. In fact, it helped me adjust a little bit, that I want to preach a lot more of that what God can do for us. But I wanna say that at the end result is that what when God does all this for us? Because I think he might just call our bluff a little bit and say, you know what, Lord? When I get a million rand, I'm gonna do this for you. And when I get that, I'm gonna do that for you. Maybe we call our bluff and say, okay, I'm gonna give you a million rand. <laughs> now What? In Colossians chapter 1, let me just read this. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is verse 3. Colossians chapter 1 verse 3. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Let me just reiterate the emphasis there. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of your love that you have for all the saints, your faith and your love, because of what? Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Spin quickly across uh, to Hebrews, I've been stuck in Hebrews uh, chapter 11 for the last three weeks, I think. Um, but I'll just read a couple of verses there. Um, let's just read from verse 32. But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle, suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed for reproach and affliction. These people were getting thrown in prison for the gospel. They were getting publicly uh, humiliated and exposed, and sometimes uh, being partners with those so treated, um, they were also siding with those that were treated like that, risking their own reputation and their lives um, to stand together when they were um, for the gospel. Um, sometimes being publicly exposed for approach affliction, sometimes being partnered, partners with those so treated. For you, had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Isn't that an interesting statement in the Bible? It says here's a group of people that were willing to lay down their reputations, willing to... to, uh, 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 exposed, beaten, humiliated, uh, and they even, uh, the guys joined them uh, to get exposed and humiliated because they were now sided with them, so as they saw them, they saw, saw their guys that joined them, and because of that, they were thrown in prison, uh, they went through a whole bunch of hardships, and not only that, some of them, they even plundered their goods. They lost their finances, uh, uh, finances were, were, were taken away and removed and what have you, uh, all this is all for the gospel and, and, and why. The Bible explains it. How were they able to do this? You had compassion on the, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, joyfully accepted it since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. You, they knew that their possession, what they, what they possessed, friends, it was not about here, it was about there. It was their hope. It was their possession, it was an abiding one, it was inside of them. For the hope set before me, I endured, Jesus said, the cross. Their fixation, their eyes, their joy was found in heaven, friends, not on this earth, right? So here's this type of person, this group of person that, it says, therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. You have need of endurance, that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And he goes on then to share uh, because of that picture, friends. Hebrews eleven comes in. Hebrews eleven ushers on the back of that, and Hebrews eleven comes in to explain what explains faith. And then after it explained faith, you know, that I'm not going it's not a formula. Uh, now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable uh, offering, um, sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Abel, by faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now because before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And then verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever should draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. He uses, just in this illustration, two men. What he's doing is he's giving illustration of people that have caught the verses before. This is an illustration, friend, that what it ties it together is faith. How many know that in the Bible, right in the very beginning, there is no place that it describes to us that anybody told uh, Cain and Abel to give an offering? but they came and they sacrificed. It was automatically something that was built inside of them was they came to offer, they came to worship God, they came, they sacrificed, they came to give to Him. It's an inherent part of the children of God. One of the things that was acknowledged here is that when Cain and Abel came together and they gave an offering, the Bible says that the offering of of Abel was acknowledged because it was in faith. And the offering of Cain was not acknowledged because it wasn't in faith. It doesn't say anything about the offering. Friends, whatever you've heard or anything that's taught on that, friends, is sucked out of somewhere else other than the Word of God. We have to go back and just read what the Word of God says. The Word does not give us an explanation about the offering, friends. It just simply says that Abel was, uh, uh, he, uh, he was uh, sheep uh, he, with um, livestock and that uh, Cain was with uh, uh, seed and fruits and plants and vegetation and, and all of those exciting things. And friends, God has no regard for different types of businesses. So He wasn't uh, disregarding one because of He grew crops and one, grew, uh, one had cattle. The Bible makes it very clear. It's found in Hebrews 11. If you read the story in, in Genesis and then go to Hebrews 11, one came in faith. And one didn't come in faith. That's why, friends, the challenge for every single one of us is when you come and you bring an offering to God, it's not about the offering, friends. It doesn't tell us that uh, Cain had a skin, skimpy offering or he had an abundant offering or he had the exact the right amount or whatever it was, friends. Often, friends, we get moved by the bigness, the importance, the, uh, the, the moment uh, of the offering that's given, friends, God is not moved by any of that. He's not moved by man's works. What He is moved by, simply, friends, without faith, it is impossible to please God. He is moved by an offering of faith, friends. When you and I come together on a Sunday to worship the Lord, if your offering is not coming from a place of faith, friends, it is rejected. Now that's not me being horrible, that's sticking to the truth, the word of God. And that's the very first mention in the Bible about coming and giving an offering, friends. And it's mentioned again in the greats in Hebrews. And he's saying this is what God desires for every single one of his kids, what he purchased for us, is a people with such laid down lives that we will joyously Take whatever comes our way because we know we have an abiding possession, friends. We have a hope, friends, that's not on this earth, but it's found in heaven. 1 Peter chapter 1, the scripture jumps to mind. We just did 1 Peter, was it last year? 1 Peter chapter 1, Uh, just reading from verse uh, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. He's just explained that we've all got an inheritance, and He's explained that it's undefiled and it's unfading. Friends, just use your simple understanding this morning and say it's an inheritance that's unfading. It doesn't sound like it's inheritance of this earth. Right. Yeah. Kept in heaven for you, yeah. who, by God's power are, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be re- uh, revealed in this last time. So friends, we know that we've been given an inheritance as the people of God. We, we understand that. I wanna challenge us. I wanna say, when you take uh, uh, Proverbs 10, I think it's verse 22, it says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrow, amen. That's a powerful statement, it's wonderful. The blessings of God over our life, they make rich. I think the question we're gonna ask ourselves as the church and the whole church worldwide today is not simply the question of, does God want us to be rich or poor? For goodness sake, the blessings of the Lord make rich. Come on. Church, it's a simple understanding when God blesses you, when He pours out in your life, it's there to make rich. But now what? Friends, for the people of God, their hope is not in this world. Their inheritance is not just found here, friends. I'm not looking for inheritance on this earth. Even though the blessing of the Lord makes me rich, friends, my hope is in the kingdom of God. My hope is in Him. My hope is in heaven. My steadfastness, friends, is fixed. My eyes are fixed in heaven. That's what it's saying there. That's why, friends, I've got a possession. My possessions, friends, that's why it says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. We've gotta ask the people of God, how many are storing up treasures in heaven? You can only store up treasures in heaven if your hope is found in heaven. If your possession, your great possession is found in heaven, friends. As I was walking up and down the beach, and just talking to the Lord, just asking Him some questions, about life in general, whatever, I was just, suddenly it just came to me and maybe it's because I was on day two of not drinking a really nice drink that I like, that I probably can't say over. So I was walking up and down, I was saying, why is everything that's good for you taste so bad? And why is everything that's bad for you taste so good? And I... I felt like just out of the sea. Just as I was standing there, just felt this word come over my life. Said, because it's for now, son. See, you can drink that and it's very nice. It's very tasty. Mmm, it's very refreshing. It's very enjoyable. But it's it's just it's now because it's so full of sugar. That later, you wonder why you got a couple of pains in the joints and everything because you're carrying a little bit too much and the the joints are telling you and your body is just screaming a little bit because it's like on on a high. And yet things that don't taste so lacquer, sugar-free, they're not for the now. They're very good for you because they're for the long term. And then I said to the Lord, "Okay, now this is this is, this is, this is, this is, this is some things I need to just look, just talk to me." I felt like He said, "Son, if you live long enough on a diet, that becomes very tasty and good for you." So we've lived on this earth for a very long time. We've tasted a whole bunch of stuff. It really tastes good to us. Friend, it's not it's not good for you. It's good for the moment. It's good for the now. It's good just, see when Jesus came to give us life, He came to give us eternal life. Not 70 years, just by the way. I'm not so focused on, oh God, just help me to live out my 70 years. I want my 70 or my 80 or my 100 years on this earth. I'm more concerned with eternal life. And if I'm more concerned with eternal life, friends, then whatever I'm eating now or whatever I'm doing now, I wanna make sure that it's got a deposit and it's got a, 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 a outworking, amen? So you see, we eat the stuff and we snack on the world and it tastes really good, but it's only for now, friends. But when you wean yourself off that, I saw my wife do a detox, whatever, and I hope this is in no way promoting anything, but um, I saw her do a, do a detox and she loves tea and she, she drinks her tea and whatever, but she hates rooibos. She did a detox, whatever, and swung around and suddenly rooibos was really, really enjoyable. Now she drinks rooibos. I don't know. That's an advert for rooibos, but anyway. All I'm saying is that sometimes we eat of the world and we snack on the stuff, whatever we're so used to, it, it tastes so good. And it's just like the whole church ends up snacking on that and going, that's wonderful, the same as the world. But the reality is, friends, that you have to wean yourself off that because actually that's only for now and it's not good for you. And that as you change, friends, you will taste like honey, how sweet this word is. See, the world's not in danger of the church being too heavenly minded. The church isn't sitting there. We, we are way too heavenly minded. We spend half our days with our noses in the word, reading the word, studying the word and we actually know earthly good. We, we actually drift around wherever. There's people dying, there's people there but we are just out there and we, we're just worshiping and it's, we're just so heavenly minded that it's, it's not. We've retreated. We've retreated and we've gone and we're just studying and we're spending time with the Lord and everything. Whatever, Actually, the world's not in danger of that. The reality is we spend half our time earning money and the other half our time spending the money and having to repair that which we spent it on or loving that which we spend our money on. And maybe 10 minutes in the word. What the world, what the what the, the gospel and the love of God is in danger of is worldliness. My Bible says, Colossians, that that love was based on our hope. Friends, what is strangling your and my purpose and plan and effectiveness is not too heavenly minded, it's too worldly minded. So I felt what the Lord said to me is that the church is still living in the holy place. And it has not begun to operate and live in the holy of holies. Do you know that the temple is made up of three parts? There's an outer court, inner court, and the holy of holies. See, in the outer court, you've got the sacrifices and the washings. In the court, you've got the table of bread, you've got the uh, candlestick, golden candlestick, and you've got the uh, altar of incense. So we sacrifice, deal with things in our lives. We come in, we offer up prayers, God to come and work on our behalf to bless us. And table of bread, we're operating. God's blessing us and. We're in this whole thing when actually we could be stepping into the holy place, which is a place where it does not lead, need light. Because God is the light. Could throw it out to you that I'll preach on this a little bit later, but simply to say this, that you're made up of body, soul, and Spirit. Do you know that when God formed man from the dust and then breathed on him, your body connected with the breath of God, and when the two connected, guess what was formed? The soul. It's your personality, your identity, is who you are. It's connected together with your spirit man. It's very hard to separate the spirit man, the spirit and the soul. They one. that's why I talked about the two, your body and soul or spirit, they're together. That's why the Bible says the Word of God is the only thing that can separate between the spirit and soul. But when you stood before the Lord and you were created, body, soul, and spirit, He placed you in a garden where you could eat from the tree of life and not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And while you ate from the tree of life, and life was now connected to your body, soul, and spirit, you were so in harmony and so in union as one, that everything was in its rightful order, which your spirit man, your soul was subject to your spirit man, which, which, your, which was the body was then subjected to your soul and your spirit man. They are all in unity. And your spirit man ruled. You were a spiritual being. And then man decided to eat from the other tree. Let's eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As soon as he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, guess what happened, friends? His soul went out of whack. No longer now was the spirit ruling over, but now the soul. Guess what God does? God says, Listen, I have to stop him from eating from the where? The tree of life. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, Adam was a living soul, but Jesus is a what? A life-giving spirit. When you and I get born again, friends, we get united and connected back with the tree of life, which brings our soul back into its rightful place. Now, our soul, friends, loves this. Our spirit man is in love with this. So when we talk about what I was trying to share this morning is what I'm trying to encourage us is as a church is that what happens when He does answer your prayer? What happens when now you do have a whole bunch of finances? Because friends, we were designed from the very beginning to worship Him. We were designed from the very beginning, friends, to sacrifice. Because it's it's our acceptable worship. And God's looking for people that will worship Him in? Spirit. Spirit and in truth. So He wants us to be spiritual beings that worship Him in spirit. He wants us to put our hope not on this planet, friends. He wants us to fall so in love with who He is. He wants us to fall so in love with heaven, the realities of heaven and of God and of who He is, that our inheritance that's kept for us there. We're so in love with that, friends, that if we were to be given a bag of diamonds now this morning, it's as good as a bunch of marbles from the crazy store. I'm serious. That's the church that Jesus wants. Cuz see Hebrews 11 is a bunch of stories about a group of people that first believed that he is that he exists that he is God that he is not maturing, he's not growing up, he's not changing, he's not developing, he's not becoming more like this or that he is. Friends, I am. God says I am. That's it. It's finished, I've got to believe that He's God and all His attributes and everything He is. I believe who He is. And the response for me believing who He is is that, friends, that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. My life is about putting what? Putting my total trust in who He is and that He's a rewarder of that, friends. And so as I journey this earth, everything that I do, my purpose and plan is because I believe in Him and my hope is in Him and He's a rewarder of those. And so I'm just to display, friends, what's it called? When I lay my life down to display who he is, friends, and just to do what God's called me to do, what that's called is faith in the Bible. And the demonstration, friends, of a person, friends, who would be prepared to let his whole life be laid down, his reputation, his everything, his goods and everything, is what they call in the Bible and the crazy word, but it's called a Christian. That's what a Christian is. He surrenders his life totally to God because his hope is in in this greater possession. His possessions are not here. His possessions are found in him, friends. So when I'm believing God and I'm going through difficulties and challenges, whatever, and the finances are not there, friends, or the the church is still uh, small in numbers and we've got a big building, I want more buildings. What happens when all the people come and everything, friends? This, if this is not there, friends, that will not last. So it's no good as having a bunch of churches, massive churches all around, more and more people gathering, friends, into those churches if their hope and their possession is not found in heaven, friends, and their life is not an abiding one in Him, friends, that my treasure and everything, friends, is not found here. So when the when the Bible says that the blessings of the Lord make rich friends, they do. They come and they make rich friends, but it's not about me here. It's about that treasure there. I want to store up there, friends. So i become the river that God wants for me and that, friends, even though, makes me rich I don't want to be rich I want to be a river that flows to others friends because the Bible says let's, tre- let's preach all the rest of the scriptures that says woe to the rich that doesn't mean God doesn't want to bless and make us rich it's about the rich having that understanding that the river flows otherwise it's about answers to prayer so that we can make it and do things friends it's not about answers to prayers. It's about a life that's surrendered to God. The possession is found in Him, friends. That I have such joy, even if my goods are plundered. they plundered for the kingdom of God. Amen. Now I'm getting excited. Friends, that makes everybody on the same level pegging. I don't care if you're sitting here today and you earn three figures or six figures or you earn one figure. You're all just as valuable and important to God. You all have a purpose and a plan because it's the same purpose and plan that your hope and your treasure is found in heaven and that as you trust Him and as He answers your prayers, whether you've got a million rand or you've got a five rand, the, 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 the blessing of the Lord will make rich and it will add no sorrow, friends. I don't have to worry about it. Ooh, it's add no, why? Because the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Who cares? Just want not let the devil take it away. The Lord can have it. He gave it. Amen. So we as the people of God are building and developing something. We are trying to do something in 2018. What are we trying to do, friends? Ask yourself this simple question this morning. It's been a long 15 minutes. Ask yourself the simple question this morning. The simple question you ask yourself is, why do I come to church? Because the reality is in terms of worship, I do that at home. And some really good stuff, actually. I sing along to some really hot people, not to take anything away from the hot band that we do have. But I can worship to the, the latest. Woo! I'm going to say some names, but I'll probably make a fool of myself because I don't know all the names. But, but friends, we could do that at home. We could also sit at home and listen to a whole bunch of great sermons. They can Guys who can preach way better than me. Far more eloquent, far more beautiful, take much shorter time. Why do we come to church, friends? Why is this corporate gathering together of people? Because it looks like something. It looks like family. We are building, the Bible says, a home. We're building a family. And we gather together and we do stuff together and we need one another. And our lives are interwoven and together and we can talk and help and share together, friends. So on my journey through all of this whole challenge and talking to guys and pastors and whatever, everybody's got their own challenge or or, or thinking and what have you. And some guys think that Sunday mornings are more like the entrance or the, the entrance hall of the house that they're building and then during the week, the home groups, whatever, that's like the lounge and that's where you have coffee and you, you know, have fun and entertain and do all the kinds of stuff. Um, and that's all very good. And so what happens is that they, on a Sunday, they cater more for getting people in to church. So as a Sunday, it's more about getting people into church. So it's about an hour service, an hour and a quarter and uh, aimed at getting people in. And then they have their big meal uh, during the week, friends. Here at 24-7, i just promise you now, you're not going to get an hour. Not because I'm trying to be difficult, friends, but I'm trying to model something from the Bible. For me, in the book of Acts, the fear of God was with. In their their Sunday meetings, friends, where where the presence of God was. And no one dared join them, only those who were being added by God. So if you came in here, so what we want to do this year is, I want the fear of God to be in this place. Friends, will you come in here, I don't want you to just join when you come in here and you see some stuff happening, whatever, and you go, oh dear God, let's get out of here. Only the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to you and says, this is the place that God's called me to do, do I want you to join? Because God added to their number. Friends, do I want this place to grow 400 people? I saw some things that God showed me on that beach. But I can tell you right now, my Sunday mornings, friends, friends, I grew up playing soccer my whole life, played professional football. Bottom line of, of playing soccer, friends, is that I never ever brought a whole bunch of new guys to the game. I brought a whole bunch of new guys to training. See, for me, this Sunday is a big rock, friends, it's the game. During the week, is training. Friends, in this church, the reality is this is not the net. People can get saved on a Sunday morning. It's wonderful. You can bring people on a Sunday morning. Bless God. Thank God that you can bring people. But this is not the net. You the net. During the week, you're encountering a group of people all the time. And you you bring them to training. And then you bring them to the home group, friends. Just as a little side thing quickly while I'm just talking about that. As they said, the Sunday is a short little service, but their main event is a home group. Just if you're thinking, getting excited, going, oh, maybe you should really pray about it for an hour service then I really want to see all of you during the week at home group, because that's the big game, amen, because we really do need to up our attendance at home group, that's where we're actually modeling, but that's training, friends, we bring guys in there, they come and they sit and we train and we we exercise, friends, and people stand up there and go, I just feel the Lord speaking to me and telling me, oh, the horses are going to jump out of the sky and they're going to land on us, whatever, and be careful and all of that, and people go, no, no, hold on. Maybe that wasn't from the Lord. Let me help you, whatever. You don't come here on a Sunday and stand up before the people and say, the horses are gonna jump, watch everyone dive. It's not training ground, this is a game. This is important, it's a big rock. We're declaring things. That's why I guard the pulpit, friends. We don't just declare anything and everything from the pulpit. We're trying to, we're trying to uh, build something here, friends. Amen. I got sidetracked. What, what was I speaking about? <laughs> but the reality in this, friends, we're building something, we're developing something. We're committed to this thing. And so in 24-7, friends, we, uh, the preachers should be shorter. I'm, I'm gonna make them shorter because we can only concentrate for so much. Our bums are, are not, uh, they linked to our understanding. So I understand that so we can make that short. It's not about our long service, friends, but we make our Sundays, friends, about our home. When you come in here, friends, the fear of God must be here. The presence of God is moving. Holy Spirit's leading us. We're doing a bunch of stuff. Stuff's gonna happen, friends. It's not catered for the, the, the new visitor, Friends, you've got to get the visitor. Bring him into your home. Bring him to the home group. Come and connect. It's way easier, friends. This is about the main game, friends. This is what we're doing, friends. We're not, this is about us being active in terms of the kingdom and everyone playing its part. We want to see. Do you know what's amazing in in Nehemiah? The amazing thing in Nehemiah, you know how they build? Uh, What they build, friends, is that they build in front of their house. Ever read that? Nehemiah, every single family. Read all the families here. they built in front of their house, friends. How do we build this house, friends? In front of your house who you connected with, who, 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 what's surrounding you, what's in front of you, what's your next door neighbor. Some guys had bigger capacity and they did those things. And then some guys were different giftings and they did that. I was the gifting of a goldsmith. I did all the gold. I was a gifting and fix up the gates and do everything. I did all that. I was a gifting with wood. I did all of that, whatever the gifting was. But how do you build a house? You build a house with a whole bunch of people who've got all different giftings, doing what they're called to do and just building in front of their house which signifies your household, who you are, and your sphere of influence and those people around you. Friends, if we do that, we build a home. We build a family where everyone's connected and it looks like something. Amen. That's what we're trying to do at 24-7 Church. That's the vision, that's the culture. As best as I can, take it from the Word of God. Friends, this will never ever, no matter how big God uh, grows this church, it would never become a shuttle service to tick a box for somebody for an hour. Having said that, can I also encourage you that home groups are vital. Because it's very hard to build on a Sunday relationally and to develop. So what we're going to do in the home groups is I'm starting something called Pulpit to People again which I I did a a good few years back, where I take what's been preached, friends, and we can outwork it into a practical way in the home groups. So the whole body is moving forward. Because what I'm preaching here today, every one of you are getting different. Some of you got stuck on the first scripture that I said, whatever, and you've been thinking about it the whole time. Wow, that's nice. The birds are flying in the (laughs) skies, And that's good, you got something. And other people have only got now what I said something about, and they were angry. What did he say? We're not going to have an hour service. It's terrible now. Whatever you caught, just hold on to that. And then as we express it in the home groups, you catch the whole thing. Amen. I just want everyone to catch the whole lot. Let me move forward as a church. So wrapping it up now very quickly. Simply put, what I'm saying is that this year, 2018, is God, God's going to reveal the unseen. He's been working on your behalf. He's been positioning you. A lot of stuff's been happening in your life. 2017, a lot of challenges, a lot of things that were Uh, being um, were shaping us and no matter where where you ended up don't read the story of the widow friends what he has positioned you to reveal the unseen to 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 give you if you've been battling whatever like for me I saw so many businesses just God restores back that business friends but it's not like I can breathe now yay I've got finances I've got lacquer Now, I can just finally go and buy the boat that I always wanted and uh, go skiing on Sundays. Um, The reality, friends, is that this whole thing is that the blessing of the Lord is there to make us rich. He wants to bless us, He wants to, to allow funds to flow through our lives. We understand that. But all of our lives are so surrendered to Him, our hope, our inheritance. Everything is secure. It's found in Him, it's not found in this life. I'm a spiritual being, friends. Now that I'm connected with Christ, a life-giving spirit, I'm a spiritual being. It means I can live on this earth and I can enjoy it, but my true joy is found in Him, friends. And when I have that, when I have my hope secure, friends, then the Bible says, then I will truly go the more excellent way, and it's the way of love. Now I can truly love everyone, all people. Shall we stand? The ice creams are in an ice cream machine, so they won't melt, I promise. It's a soft serve. So Father, I just want to thank you for 2018. I want to thank you for every single person that you've planted here. Lord, I want to thank you that you are calling and planting people into this local church for the purpose and the plans that you have. You've been positioning people Even here this morning, there are people that have gone through challenges and difficulties in 2007, in 2007, yeah, maybe, in 2017. But God has been positioning positioning you to come and be part of this local church because you were born for such a time as this because you are invaluable to Jesus. Because in our togetherness, corporately, he is building a home. He is building a family. And family and a home looks like something. It's displayed when we gather, it's displayed during the week when we gather. It's displayed in our values and how we operate in our lives. And I want to declare this over the church, that as you were planted here, you were planted with purpose and a gifting. And I want to encourage you that I will do my utmost to make sure that you fulfill your purpose and that you operate in your gifting. But it's your responsibility to know your purpose and your gifting. But that this house can only be built with all the giftings operating. We need people who can make doors. We need people who can make windows. We need people who can build. We need every person building that part in front of their home or house or household. But in our togetherness, we can grow. But as we grow, church, my heart is that every single one of us, as we stand on the threshold of a year, every single one of us settles this in our hearts, that the kingdom of God is spiritual, and that we are spirit and that we are spirit men and women who place our trust, our hope in a God who is spirit and our faith is in him and that everything that we do is secured in that eternal hope, in that eternal possession and that when we do that, it's wonderful to hear Paul write and say, I'm just so amazed at your faith in Jesus Christ and your love for the saints. More excellent way is love lived out. And as a church, that's our mandate, that's our mission statement, just to be love to a dying world around us. We can only be that, friends, if our hope is found in Him. So I pray today that I've said a lot, Lord God, but that Lord, that some of the truths of the gospel and of your word would settle in everyone's heart as they make decisions, Lord God, that we've been planted together for this purpose. And as we look out over the year, there's no advisory parts in the body. There's only functioning parts. And every part is so important. And that we would understand and know that we're treasures here today that have been brought together for an incredible year of purpose and plan that God is building and establishing. There's expansion of family, an expansion of a home going on here, and it's called 24-7 Church. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done in our lives on this earth as it is in heaven this morning, Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come even right now and seal this over every single heart. In the name of Jesus. Bless your people as they go out, Lord God, this week. I really am trusting for such a favor that's released, Lord God, the favor of God as people operate in their skills and their giftings, as they yield to you, that your favor, Lord God, would operate over their lives, that you would reveal the unseen, that we would walk in our full inheritance and joy. And that we would truly love like only you can love. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're needing prayer this morning, if you've got any aches and pains.